Georgia Smith with I Am and Up Before It, you heard from Frankie's Cosmos with Jesse. It's 10 past 10 now on Mornings here with me and Bridie Tanner, which means it is time for this. Movie news. That's a bit, that's not a bit. Wrong sting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to play the right one. <laughs> Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner featuring Jack and Andre. FBI Radio. It's just Andre today. No yeah, Jack, but that's okay. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for coming in for Movies, Movies, Movies. We're going to do mm-hmm. our best without Jack. And Andre, I did bump into you over the weekend, interstate actually, mm. which was quite a nice coincidence. Certainly did, in the beautiful, beautiful capital city of Canberra. Which is also the ACT, one and the same, mm. as I've learned very recently We just from clarified you. that, yeah. <laughs> what were you doing down there for the weekend? So, I was there escaping the hustle and bustle of Sydney. I went down to do some writing, which obviously did not happen. And I went down to see the movie that I'm reviewing today, actually, because... Uh, I just wanted to be in my hometown to really experience the mind-shattering A Fantastic Woman, which I will review in a hot sec, and also see my parents, most importantly. Oh, that's so lovely. So you're from ACT slash Canberra. Exactly. From Canberra. Grew up there whole time, film lord in Canberra. That's I, how it started. I really loved it down there in mm. the uh, few moments I was there. I haven't been there since year five school excursion. Mm. So I did Questacon again and Cute. conquered my fear of the, the slide. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't been to Questacon in such a long time, but um, I think I saw a photo that they've installed a new robot in that whole museum, which I'm super psyched for. But yeah. Yeah, I'm- I saw the robot. You saw the robot, mm-hmm. so it's in live and in, uh, in action. I wasn't sure if it was interacting with me or just interacting mm. in general. Well, seeing you in Canberra made me think, because when I saw you, I was so surprised. I was like, gosh, I really wish I could have given her like a cinematic film lord tour of Canberra. And I came up with a couple of facts about Canberra's uh, thriving film history. Do you want me to run them past you? Yes, or? please. Okay, so um, for all you Canberra aficionados who just want to know a bit more about what Canberra has to do in the film scene... Mia Wasikowska was totally born there, which is amazing. She's a very talented Australian actress. Professor Sprout from Harry Potter, Miriam Margulies, actually lives in Canberra as well. She's retired and has dual citizenship and lives in Australia. And I want to say that she has a beautiful garden, but that might be just a cliche from Harry Potter. Um, A couple of years ago, Leonardo DiCaprio landed in Canberra on New Year's Eve. And now forgive me for my lack of knowledge about time zones, but apparently Leo does this thing where over New Year's he'll fly his private jet to Canberra to then fly to another destination because Sydney Airport is always mega booked out. And what he does is he goes between America and Australia to kind of do two New Year's Eve parties. And he tries to like sneak the system by like landing in Canberra, parking his jet and then flying off to somewhere else because Sydney Airport is always just mega booked out. So we always feel Leo's presence on New Year's Eve. It's a good little life hack for anyone who's got a jet and wants to get two New Year's in. Totally. Unfortunately, I just do not understand time zones, so I wouldn't be able to benefit from that life hack. But And then finally also, the first ever feature film that was ever... The, fe- the first feature narrative film that was ever made ever is an Australian film called The Ned Kelly Gang or The Gang of Ned Kelly. And the original copy is in Canberra at the National Film and Sound Archive. Um, so there's, so almost like the first film ever made is in Canberra, just sitting in a beautiful vault somewhere. So do you think Canberra turned you into a film buff? I like to think that somehow it just sprinkled its magic dust on me and, uh, 
gave birth to the film world that I am. Yeah, totally, 100%. And also because Canberra's so boring that I spent so much time watching David and Margaret on ABC, <laughs> and that's really what got me here. <laughs> well, we're going to get into all the reviews and Sydney Spotlight very soon, mm-hmm. but let's kick off film and movie news. What's mm-hmm. happening around the world outside of Canberra? Mm. All within. Or within Canberra. I wish Canberra was in the film news at the moment. It's We're in this like kind of weird grey zone. It's not weird. It's very... It's natural. Before the Oscars, there's just so much coverage of the awards that it kind of inundates film journalism and film news. And every single article is about just, you know, all the records that the Oscars are breaking, all the novelty nominations. And it's always just like... A, a, a weird shame to just read another article about how women never get nominated for Best Director or how poor representation can be, even though this year is great and this year is making a huge step forward. But apart from all the coverage of that, there's some really outstanding things happening. I, uh, I mean, Black Panther is killing it. Wakanda Forever, it's beating all the box office records. I can't even give you an exact figure of how much Black Panther is make has made because it just keeps... Uh, bumping up. Uh, three hours ago, it had just surpassed 700 million worldwide, 300 million America domestic. But that figure, it's just so different over every single website because I'm guessing it's just making money 24-7. And what were you saying last week, the prediction was that it was going to make? <clears throat> yeah, the prediction was was kind of meager. I think the prediction for its opening weekend was 145 million in America and it made 203 million. And it had it didn't have like high expect they had high expectations but they weren't ecstatic but it's literally I, th- I just read an article before saying that it's uh, outplaying the last jedi star wars the last jedi movie so it's obviously doing exceptionally well mm. um alongside that jordan peele director of get out uh, is continuing to subvert the hollywood culture of totally normie movies and uh, is actually trying his best to re- reignite old classic narratives, but with um, people of colour. He's been really vocal about his intentions to make it and to subvert classic thrillers like Stepford Wives in Get Out. And he's done exactly that with a photo shoot for W Magazine called Noir Town, where he teamed up with Janelle Monae to recreate this Alfred Hitchcock kind of vibe and sort of photo shoot and create this story that totally subverts uh, the total tradition of Alfred Hitchcock and creates this private detective story standing in a clock tower watching a parade unfold in the street below. So it's always exciting to see what Jordan Peele's doing. Um, I only found out recently that Lady Bird apparently got censored in Australia, which is totally bonkers to me, and I didn't even realise it until someone told me about it and I thought, wait, actually, that makes total sense because I remember them saying coos instead of the C word, which is a totally strange word to me. And they also apparently cut out a scene with a Playboy mag in it. So, Wait, anyway, Australia didn't want a Playboy magazine they didn't in want a play- film? Apparently, yeah. So there's apparently these, there are these two cuts that were made in Lady Bird. And uh, if I hadn't read that news, I feel like I would have just totally gone with it because... You know, censorship is that secretive. But mm. Lady Bird was censored in Australia, which is totally weird. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, director of Phantom Thread, which is nominated for a bunch of Oscars, is working on a family-friendly script with his eight-year-old daughter, which is really cute. Um, bit of context, Paul Thomas Anderson is well-known for making super like adult, R-rated, masochistic, violent movies. So this is like a totally different turn for him. And in my favourite news, Cher, you guys probably all know this, but Cher is definitely cast as Meryl Streep's mum in the new Mamma Mia 2 movie, and which should hit cinemas 
American summer this year. So I don't know what that translates to Australia, but I just thought that was totally hilarious. What, do you th- what did you think of Mamma Mia? Look, I'm not going to lie. That was me watching Mamma Mia was definitely on a plane and with uh, intermissions of sleep. So I haven't got the full gist of it. But I feel like over the years, I've just accumulated the Mamma Mia movie. And it's, <laughs> I think it's just, you know, it is what it is. No comment. <laughs> Okay, we're going to get to two reviews. Thank you cool. so much for bringing us the all the latest in film news. No worries. Miss you, Jack. Wish you were here. This is a song uh, for both of you. Mm-hmm. Kerry Kerry Bonito with Waking Up. From the album Benito Generation, that was Caro Caro Benito with Waking Up. And very appropriately, because as we forgot to mention, the reason I was down in the nation's capital is because I was on my way to Saifari, which means today, of course, I'm still waking up from the weekend that was. Mm-hmm. But I'm enjoying sort of getting back into normal life, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. by finding out more about what's going on with films at the moment, because there's nothing better than watching a movie on a rainy day. Especially post-off, like, I can't think better than just staying at home watching the good old Criterion Collection movie. So to get an idea of what I should see next, mm. we're going to get into this. Two reviews. One review. And then, and then another review. Two reviews. Two reviews on Movies, Movies, Movies on Monday mornings is a segment where we, of course, listen to two reviews from Jack and Andre. Jack, of course, being away today, Andre, you're going to take over two reviews. Mm -hmm. What are we looking at today? So Jack's actually, Jack was too keen to review this movie. So he's actually written a review and I'm going to read it out loud with my own little Andre swing. But first up, I'm going to review A Fantastic Woman. And then stay tuned as well because we have a couple of ticks to Black Divas available. All you have to do is listen to the review and we'll announce a sneaky little comp. If you want to win two tickets to Black Divas this Wednesday, it's playing at the Mardi Gras Film Festival. Just keep listening. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, so Fantastic Woman, which is a film that I saw in Canberra a few days ago. And let me just say, it's had an extraordinary run at the fest- on the festival circuit. It's nominated for Best Foreign Film at the Oscars. And it's a, it's a Chilean film that is about Marina, who is a waitress and singer, and what she experiences in the immediate aftermath of her lover's death from an aneurysm. Now, I am just literally holding back tears, trying not to choke up at this movie. It is so wonderful and beautiful. So I'm going to give you a bit of backstory. Marina, the waitress in the film, is shocked by the death of her longtime boyfriend, but also confronted with a totally anticipated reality, which is that her lover is much older than her and his family will not accept her as a trans woman and do basically everything they can in the film and in their power to just punish her and just completely ruin her life. The film is uh, totally just beautiful, extravagant, mesmerizing, all the fantastic buzzwords that you want from a film. But it's kind of extraordinary, I think, for two reasons. Firstly, knockout performance by the lead talent, Daniela Vega, where despite all the violence that's thrown at her, she maintains this like unbelievable composure and cool, and she just exudes power throughout the entirety of the film. 
And I feel like the title of the film, A Fantastic Woman, is spot on because it just says that she refuses to be anything but decent, cooperative, civilised, full of love and power. And the second important part about this film that's so impressive is the filmmaking. And oh my God, I've never seen anything so beautiful. The direction is just so magnificent. No offence, Christopher Nolan, but can you just spare your Oscar nomination and just give it to Sebastian Lelio, please, because we don't need another Dunkirk in our lives. And if you thought Moonlight was impressive, then I guarantee you'll love A Fantastic Woman. It has this like a beautiful Sia Furla, Moby, like soundtrack vibe. It's just so evocative and wonderful. And I feel like it's so otherworldly that any queer baby born in the 90s can jam with it. If you love Donnie Darko, I feel like you'll definitely be able to respond to this movie. It's a trans narrative led by and made in deep consultation with the lead, Daniel Ve- Daniela Vega. I've been so excited to review this movie, Bridie. It's such a treat. I heard it sent shivers down people's spines when it premiered at the Berlin Film Festival last year. And that might seem like a strange reaction, but it kind of also makes sense because the film is like kind of thrilling and totally, you know, captivating in this weird thriller kind of way. Well, it sounds like you really liked the film. It was and so thank good. you so much for your review of a fantastic woman in a word. Mm. In a word, oh, it's just, it's alive! It's so alive! Uh, that's all it is. Amazing. Okay, yeah. I'm definitely going to go see it. You've sold it to me. <laughs> Excellent. No, please, honestly, I cannot recommend it enough. And here's to hoping that it just, like, gets showered in awards wherever it screens. Um, and another film we saw this week is a special from the Mardi Gras Film Festival, which is still going until the 1st of March. We got to see Black Divas, and this is a review that Jack wrote. I'm going to read it out to y'all and maybe add a few things in that I picked up in the film as well. So, we roll back the curtains and walk with these sisters in their own worlds, travelling to the Kiwi Islands of descending down into a crocodile pit. This is a film about the first ever First Nations drag pageant. It's set in Darwin and follows the queens as they get gussied up behind the glitz and glamour and hot glue guns of the inaugural Miss First Nations pageant. So the film is really about the moments when a track is playing in the film and the queens just kind of bounce around and show off their stuff in full drag costume and show what they're really made of. It's an actual treat. It's so rare to feel patriotic, but this film definitely delivers some deep pride that I think everyone should want to get in on. It's a fantastic documentary. I think it's made in conjunction with SBS showing Aboriginal drag. Um, all the queens in the film are totally exceptional, especially one whose name is Isla Fakia, who does this unbelievable drag performance to Leave Britney Alone, the YouTube the YouTube video. And what can I say? It's just it's just kind of amazing seeing this totally, I want to say alternative, but it's also just this totally original and beautiful side of drag. And it's all by Indigenous performers. And it's actually... Coming, I think the film is being screened at the Beta Tit on the 28th, or there's a, oh no, it's being screened at event cinemas, and then there's an after party at the Beta Tit, or some sort of celebration. Anyway, Black Divas is just a wild, crazy, over-the-top documentary. It's only an hour long, so it's really in and out. And if you, if this tickles your fancy and you really want to see some fantastic Aboriginal drag, then you can win tickets. All you have to do is text into the show, I have two tickets here to the screening on Wednesday, the 28th of February. All you have to do is text in 
because Jack's not here, we have a little surprise. Just text in what you think Jack's drag superstar name should be. We'll find the best one and allocate two tickets to that person because this movie just has to be seen. Black Divas, I think it's coming to SBS next week. You'll be able to watch it on SBS, but it's just too good to be true. So text in on 0409-945-945 what Jack's drag name should be and you could win a double pass to Black Divas this Wednesday. While you get those texts in, here's a track from Oral-B for you. This is I See You. We'll be back with Sydney Spotlight after this. Molly Lusk out of Brisbane with Organ and Nylon. Up before it, I gave you a track from Oral-B, I See You, and we asked you here on Movies, Movies, Movies what Jack's drag name should be. We're getting a lot of texts in on 0409 945 945. Remember, the prize for this one is two tickets to Black Divas. That's right. Screening at the Mardi Gras Film Festival this Wednesday. All you have to do is text in what film lord Jack Atherton's drag name should be. It's that simple. And it has to be good and funny and sexy as well. There are already some strong favourites coming in, like Jazzy Cha-Cha from Max D. Freya, you said alcoholic. (laughs) And Margaret Pomeranzia. Whoa. You're liking that one, I'm Andre. loving that one. I'm not going to lie. That one's getting my pick so far. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna let you have a bit more of a chance to get some more of those drag names in for Jack. And while you do, here is Sydney Spotlight. Sydney Spotlight. Here Excellent. on Movies, Movies, <laughs> Movies. <laughs> Andre, you've done a little bit of interviewing mm. of a filmmaker with yeah. Jack as well. No, Jack wasn't around for this one, but we really wanted to interview one of the filmmakers at the Mardi Gras Film Festival. So I actually got in touch with Daniel Monks, who's the, who's a, not actually the director, but he's the writer, producer, editor and star of one of the hottest films at the festival called Pulse. It's doing exceptionally well. I think it's already, it's going to about, or it's been to about 40 international film festivals. And I found out yesterday after speaking to Daniel that it's going to London in a few weeks' time. But I got to chat with him for a few minutes in between his busy schedule. And uh, here's the interview, I guess. Now, for those that don't know, just before we get into it, Pulse is about Daniel's experience. Right. Absolutely, yes. So a bit of backstory for Pulse. It's it's a sort of semi-autobiographical film about uh, uh, a disabled teen who has a crush on his straight best friend. It's his first time having a crush on a boy and he longs for him and then has this kind of experience where he imagines himself in a female body that isn't disabled in order for the straight boy to fall in love with them. Let's have a listen to the interview. Hello everyone, I'm here today with Daniel Monks. We're going to be talking about his film Pulse. I'm really excited to talk about the film, its reception, your practice, and just basically everything about you that we can get in less than five minutes. <laughs> awesome. So, Daniel, welcome. Thank welcome. you. Thank you for having me. Talking about Pulse, where mm. did it all start? Do you want to tell us what the film is about? Yes, or... totally. So the film's about a gay and disabled teenage boy who changes into the body of a beautiful woman to make his straight best friend fall in love with him. I mean, like, it's a very personal film. I mean, it's one of those things where... Um, I know Greta Gerwig of Lady Bird said, um, n- none of this actually happened, but it's all very, very true. Mm. And that's kind of what it feels like in the sense of, like, the, the plot machinations didn't actually happen, but it's all very... The emotional journey is very much rooted in my own emotional journey. Mm. And, um, 
and and it was important for me as well to tell a personal story about this i as a as a young disabled person i know what it's like not to you know see my stories reflected on screen and so i wanted it to be as honest and um authentic and also not sanitized or homogenized i want it to be as um truthful and honest as possible mm. i did i do remember um in hindsight i remember that when i went back to school in a wheelchair i um it was the same time I was realizing I liked boys and there was the cute boy in year seven who I had a crush on and he was dating the pretty blonde girl. And because my body felt so much not like me anymore and I felt such a disconnect, even f- from the fact that it was paralyzed, like it, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like me. I, I, and bodies felt so arbitrary to me that I kind of thought, well, if I just had her body, if I just looked like her, he would look at me that way. He would love me that way. He would want to be with me. And so, in hindsight, I think the story was always in me, even if I didn't realise it at the time. When I was watching the film, what I was wondering was, I guiltily don't often see disabled bodies on screen, mm-hmm. and when I do, it's often by people who haven't got disabilities. So totally. I'm looking at you, Glee, I'm looking, <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm looking at that French film with the disabled man. Yep. So I guess I want to ask you, did you have any influences that you were thinking about, or any mm-hmm. films in particular that inspired you to write Pulse? One of my favourite screenwriters and just writers in general is Charlie Kaufman and um, and like the work of Spike Jones and stuff like that. So there was definitely those influences, but kind of using the way that they use their devices and their, the style that they use it in, but then to tell a story that was very much my own, if that makes sense. When we were pitching it to people, because again, when, when people think body swap, they think like Freaky Friday, like broad comedy. And we were kind of saying it's a mixture between... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is super bad because it has that teen element as well. Daniel Monks, a writer, actor, producer and editor of Pulse. Mm. What's next for you and what's next for the film? Yeah, well, so I'm currently um, I'm currently acting in a play for Mardi Gras at the King's Cross Theatre called Are We Awake? made by an amazing local queer team with Charles O'Grady as a playwright and Sarah Hadley as the director and myself and Matthew Lee. And that's also a, a play that explores queerness and disability and it closes the night before the parade so the second so we have six more shows which i'm really excited about and then straight after that um pulse is going to amsterdam lgbt film festival and be a five flare london lgbt film festival and i'm actually able to go over to london for it so um that's going to be crazy and really really exciting that's and, so amazing yeah, yeah. congratulations thank you I hope everyone gets to go see more films at the mardi gras film festival this totally yeah. absolutely until the first of march i gather I think it's, the, yes, the 1st of March. Yes. Thank you so much for speaking with me. No worries. Thank you so much. That was an interview between Andre and Daniel Monks <laughs> for his movie Pulse. And it was a part of Movies, 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 which we do here on Mornings Every Monday. Thank you so much for bringing that in. How was it meeting Daniel? It was pretty inspiring, I must say. We um, went to the same film school, so we jammed about that a lot. But he's a sweet, sweet guy, and he's mega talented. We're talking dancer, actor, writer, editor. He's like a full quadruple threat. And his film's doing amazingly. So it was kind of incredible being in his presence and seeing this person whose film is just getting such widespread acclaim. 
And uh, he's also doing so much at the moment. If you want to see more of Daniel, you can go see him in his play. It's at the King's Cross Theatre and it's playing for six nights, I think. It's called Are We Awake? And the last night is the night before the parade. So check him out there. And I guess uh, hopefully Pulse will get distributed in Australia and get released in cinemas. That's probably like the ultimate endgame. If you've got a phone on you right now, you're in front of a computer, go and check out the uh, short for Pulse. Mm. Just I'm sure you can just YouTube totally. Pulse film no, trailer. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, go to, we'll get a link up for it as well on the program page, fbiradio.com forward slash programs mm. then just go to mornings mm-hmm. with Bridie Tenor so you can check out because uh, mm. that 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 trailer gave me goosebumps and it's such a good film oh my gosh yeah so much intrigue oh so much intrigue it's so intense and so what's happening else uh also around Sydney for Sydney yeah Spotlight? so I guess um I mean obviously everyone should be at the Mardi Gras Film Festival there are screenings every single night every single day and it's also it's a it's a bit of a shame but also a very a bit of a blessing because it really encourages you to go but this, the films only screen once at the Mardi Gras Film Festival so it's not like you can go a couple of times or miss your chance and go back so you really got to commit and it's really worthwhile there are so many great films I know that Call Me By Your Name is on the lineup, which is my little pet peeve, but shake it off. So if you're not at the Mardi Gras Film Festival, you're obviously seeing Black, Black Panther. It's screening everywhere in Sydney. It's mm-hmm. all over the place. The hype is real. I was in Canberra a couple of days ago, and there was a cinema that was just screening Black Panther. It was like 18, 18 rooms, just Black Panther for the whole day. So it is real. The takeover is happening, and it is wonderful, and everyone should get in on it and just go see Black Panther to be part of the conversation. But I was going to also announce that there's a really, really fun film trivia night happening at Golden Age Cinema with my dear friend Alexi. And I was going to hype that on the show, but I think it just sold out, which is a real shame. But if you're really keen to go, you can just sh- I'm sure you can just show up to Golden Age Cinema. And if there are walkouts, I'm sure you'll be able to sneak in. It's tomorrow night um, at Golden Age Cinema. I know sometimes trivia teams who aren't doing so well tend to skulk out after a round or two. Mm. So there might be an opportunity totally. to skulk right on in Might in be able to like, pass some sore losers or something. Who knows? But then apart from that, there is the French Film Festival, which is happening as of tomorrow. So Lord knows that I'll be heading, hitting that up. And also Black Divas on Wednesday, which everyone should go to. And if you're still interested in going, we've got two free tickets. All you have to do is text the show on 0409-945-945 with a hilarious drag name for Jack. And we also... And we might even be able to read some of the texts that we've received. Is that right, Brady? Yeah, we definitely can. While you get yes. those in, though, can we just jump back a second to the French film first? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Where is that happening? I think that's... Uh, I. Uh, it, I, would, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I think it's happening at Palace because I saw it advertised at mm. Palace. But that doesn't mean that there might not be screenings all over the city. Uh, I, it's definitely happening at Palace. So we're talking Palace Verona, Palace Chippendale, um, Palace uh, Oxford Street, Chevelle. But um, it's also going around Australia. So, I mean, if you miss it in Sydney or if you're not really vibing some French films in Sydney, you can go see it in, I think it might have already passed Canberra, but it goes to all the major states, which is exciting. If you want more details, you can just go to the French Film Festival website or even to the Alliance Française in the city and check it out there. Um, I haven't yet seen the lineup, but it's, I mean, as a Canberra boy, when the, when the French Film Festival would come, it would go off. And I'm sure it'll do the same this year in Sydney. The last time I saw a French film, uh, the last French film I saw was Blue is the Warmest Colour. Um, which I just was like crazy about when mm, that came mm. out. So I, yeah. I actually might go check something out at the French Film Festival. 100%. And see what their vibe is. Totally. Um, I know that's a very limited scope of French cinema, but <laughs> thought I'd chuck it in anyway. It's the scope. <laughs> Let's get into these drag names for the yes, competition. Yes. 
<coughs> excuse me, to rename mm. Jack uh, for two tickets to Black Divas. Mm. Here we go. So, from the very bottom, a mama knows. Mm. Um, also, Jack's cousin texts in and said, it's not for the competition, but his name should be Alfred James. Uh, <laughs> alcoholic from Freya. Jazzy Chacha from Max D. Margaret, Margaret Pomeranzia, which he really liked. Great mm. Girl Wig. DJ Shut Up. Queen Coos. <laughs> Ooh, Queen Coos. A little shout out to, the, to that Ladybird situation. Mm-hmm, Love mm-hmm. that. Very intertextual. Love it. Miss Donna Hay. Volva Scrupula or Judy James. Well, okay, so... I'm going to let you decide. I mean, a little bit of backstory. Jack is a Donna Hay aficionado or wishes that he was. So I think Donna Hay is leaning more towards the very Jack-specific drag name. But what can I say? I really can't get past Margaret Pomerantia. Was that it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or Lady Pomerantia. Mm. I thought that was hectic. That just combines the film lord element, the drag name, uh, the the panache it has so much sass. What do we do? We get a person texted that in, or do we know who that was? Or yeah, well, we can give we can give them a call if they've got oh. their phone on them and try and get in contact with them yeah. to give them the two tickets. Do you have a runner-up? Alternatively, yeah, I think Donna Donna Hay was Miss it. Donna Hay. Miss Donna Hay just has to have it. Jack <laughs> is such a chef in the kitchen, so it makes total sense. He's probably eating olive tapenade right now in Adelaide uh, as we speak. So runner-up is Donna Hay, but Miss Pomeranzia, you got my vote. Okay, expect a call from us very soon to get those two tickets Woo. to Black Divas. Andre, thank you so much for coming in hey. for Movies, Movies, Movies no today. No matters. We're going to bring you Movies, Movies, Movies from Canberra next week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what a dream. <laughs> what an absolute dream that would be. All right, awesome. you, you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys. See you later. This is The Boys with Liar Liar on FBI Radio. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.